Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Aces with love is stopped. Picked up by Gray. She can go coast to coast. There's three. There's two. She's going to launch from three. Chelsea Gray for three. Unbelievable. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Jackie's got it. Aces got numbers. Three on two. To Plum for three. KP, ring it up. Boom, shaka, waka, waka, boom. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. T.C. Martin. To Bay. She's open for three. She sees it. She's got the bucket. One, two, three times for Bay Bay. T.C. Martin. And you got that right. Money won't change it. Raquana. Bay Bay Williams. This is the greatest show. The ball is in the air. The Las Vegas Aces have won their very first WNBA championship. The doctor is now here. All right. I got a feeling we might not hear that for a while. So I know Nubchuck wanted to play it one more time, right? Celebrating the champs, the back-to-back champs, and the parade last night. And uh, what a great night that it was. You know, this parade thing has become an old hat now. Yeah, you do it two years in a row. It's back-to-back. And just the whole feeling of everybody. It was different last night. It was like, oh, yeah, what's up? Yeah, we've been here before. Oh, it's an annual thing. I'm going to do it again next year. Sure. Three-peat? Okay. I love how nobody mentioned three-peat all year. And then all of a sudden, yesterday, three-peat, 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 three-peat. I'm going to take credit. I, I, I was talking three-peat a little while ago. I talking, think we I mean, yeah. you and me were. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, I, I said it like immediately after it was over back there at the Barclay Center as well, too. And everybody said, yep, yep, yep. Let's do it. Oh, you're calling it? You calling it? So, yeah, calling it. Calling it here midnight Eastern. Going back here on what? October the 18th, 2023. Uh, great season it was. Culminated by the parade last night. If you were at the parade, hey, thanks for coming out last night. And remember last year, they were talking about the estimation of people and they said it was like 10,000. I don't know. I haven't seen any numbers. I've and I don't know at. how you're going to get numbers because, again, it's not like a paid admission ticket. No, so it's it, like just a guesstimate. So it was hard for me to to try to, you know, I'm pretty good at, at guessing crowds and stadiums. Yeah. I, lo- I love doing that. But I had no idea. And then after we got dropped off, walking the red carpet and everything, and then we're down there in the pit area uh, in front of the stage – it was hard to see, like looking behind me, how many people were there. Because again, it was a different configuration. You go back to last year where you're on the strip in front of the Bellagio Fountains and you could see people just, you know, lined up down the strip. And then the, with the parade route being different, you saw how many people. And, and again, we were coming from north to south. This time we're coming south and now we're making that left hand turn onto park. Then you're going to Sheba Plaza. So it's hard to really estimate how many people were there. So I'm wondering, A, how they're going to figure it out. And then, you know, usually when somebody comes up with a number, then we hear about it 
Yeah. For a long, and, and they just, they ride with it. Well, now, from what I saw on some media, I saw like half of the parade route was just dead. Like there was just like a, a group of like two people all the way down, like two rows of people, uh-huh. you know, to where last year it seemed the parade route was full. I agree. I agree. And I, then I felt the, that the rally was full after that. Right. Yeah. I felt that too, because I, again, I don't think a lot of people knew the parade route. Again, anytime you get a parade and you want to, you got to schedule within a couple of days, there's a lot of work there. And again, this was different. And it's just too bad that you can't have like a, a certain parade route for all the teams. Yeah. Aces, Golden Knights, if it happens with Raiders, and then everyone would know. But everyone was, I know people were asking me like, oh, what time is it? I mean, you even had the time wrong yesterday. You thought it started at three o'clock. Well, the, I had it right. But I just had the wrong part of it. <laughs> no, it was the doors started at five, but doors opened at three or the, the gates, yeah, whatever they, you call they, it. They're allowing people. They started to, allowing people in at three. Right. So that, that's yeah. what I saw. Yeah. But it was a, it was a fun night, good night, but you could just feel like, okay, we've been there before. We've done it. And this, and I'm not saying that it wasn't as exciting, but it's like anything in life. I mean, the first time is always, you have no idea what it's going to be like. You have the anticipation. And then the second time is always compared to the first time. But I didn't think that the second time was, is, uh, was better than the first time or was worse than the first time. I just looked at it like, Hey, man, this is a, this is another cool moment here. And no reason to think that it can't happen again. And like we've talked about before, it should happen again because the core of this team is locked up under contract through next year. And you have just the best team in the league. Yeah. You got the best coach in the league, the best team in the league, best organization in the league, best owner in the league. So why should you not expect to win it again? So now would you like to hear a funny thing that happened Sydney Colson was live the whole night I know and I, know. I freaking love it yeah he likes so it. Sid is awesome what about Sid's grill a lot of I loved had, it had the grills yep that was a little different for me like Sid I've never seen you with the grill where where did this come from and then with the fatigues and everything but yeah Sid was having a great time so she always does Becky being hammered Older than she is, or older than than the oh, rest yeah. of the team. Yeah, Sydney's live, and this happens. Yeah. You're doing it, so the next thing you do, you can get more money. Who the f- could you possibly be talking to right now? What is live? Becky asked me, "What is live?" She said, "Who the f- could you possibly be talking to?" You like that? She didn't know what going live was. Becky. Becky. Yeah, she's old school. Like she I said. know. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And, and Sid was there. She had a whole production. She you had, know, yeah, you know, going there. And uh, yeah, she was documenting everything, which was funny because again, this is going back to her show that she has now with with TP. Sid and TP, uh, Teresa Plaisance, who was on the team last year. And those two, I mean, they were just inseparable, uh, along with Kia Stokes. Um, no, but, but very, very cool moment. And for the most part, everybody, uh, 
d- behaved, I guess, so to speak, say that. And you know, Becky wanted everybody to clean up their language, and she was the first one to, to, to drop an F bomb. She dropped it the first time. <laughs> yeah. and just nope. Here's my money. Here's a hundred bucks. We're gonna donate it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, cool tale. So you got a lot of sounds. You got parade sounds. I do have some sounds. All right, hit me with some parade sounds. What do you got? Because again, I didn't. Do you have somebody in mind that you like? No, just no? Do, do what you again. So I, I don't know what you what you recorded and how you recorded it. I have no idea. Again, I was there, so um, I, I heard. I have the end. If, if it was anything on stage, then obviously I, I heard all, it live. Everything that yeah. we have left is on stage. Okay, let's hear it. So here's a little bit of KP. Okay, we're just gonna keep coming back, and everyone hates it. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Yeah, that that has been the mantra, as you know, that the Aces have always felt that way, that it's us against everybody. Alicia Clark had that shirt on. And you know where, where that mantra started? It really started from Becky. When she got suspended for the first two games of the season, and she would always say, they hate us, they hate us. And it reminded me of of Dusty, because he wouldn't say that publicly, but within the circles... He would say, you know, hey, man, everybody hates us, whether it's opposing fans, whether it's the league, umpires or whatever. And and you kind of got that feeling with the Aces. Uh, And so Becky kind of started that that mantra. Everyone has kind of latched onto it. And if that's what you got to do as a coach and to lead your team to get that edge, because as we know, it's... It's hard to repeat. It's impossible to repeat. Virtually impossible. But when you have the pieces kept in place, it makes it easy because so many of the teams, so many of the sports, players will leave for free agency. And it is a very hard thing uh, to keep you know, players together. But in this situation, like I've explained many times, the core players took less money to stay here because they want to continue this. And Mark Davis will continue to operate within the salary cap, continue to spend money, listen to Nikki Vargas, Natalie Williams, and Becky Hammond, and do whatever it takes to keep this ride rolling. And there is no belief that the ride should stop anytime soon. And because a lot of times you know when you're, when you have a championship that, okay, this is probably it because, you know, this person's a free agent. That coach is probably going to retire or, this person is going to want to, you know, uh, leave for free agency and try to earn more money elsewhere. It never usually works out. But with this team, that's why this is different. That's why it is truly a dynasty because nobody is talking about going elsewhere. The narrative is changed with the Aces and the WNBA where all the free agents want to come here and the Aces can really kind of pick and choose like they did last year with Candace Parker and Alicia Clark. They had their set, their sights set on those two. Now, Brianna Stewart was a free agent. They looked at Brianna Stewart, but they go, mm, you know what? We want Candace Parker. We think she'd be a better fit. Hey, uh, Alicia Clark, let's go get her. Perfect fit. And that's, that's how it's unfolded. So yeah, there is that feeling again, when you left there last night, it's like, all right, you know, we'll see you when uh, training camp starts in uh, the beginning of May, end of April. And uh, we fully expect to have another parade come next October. So there was very, very much controversy over two words. 
Oh, of course. Night, night. The Sydney Colson, of course. And, and I'm glad the way she explained it too, because where, you know, it came from Sabrina Inescu, uh, Sydney Colson. People have so much to talk about our team. So in game three, when somebody did a motion like they was going to put us to sleep or like they had put us to sleep, they put that in our pregame video. It was all cinematic. The shit was in black and white and shit. It was slow motion at the end and shit. I'm like, damn, I'm getting emotional. Like, they really done pissed us off. They really done pissed us off. So while it was beautiful, it was also embarrassing. And so we took that embarrassment. We went at their ass from start to finish. We defended that last play with 8.8 mother seconds on the clock and we celebrated like the mother champs we are and we had two words for them boys we said Sydney Colson in night night <laughs> nothing wrong with that and the whole time I'm thinking I know the New York Liberty players are watching this I know their coaches and their organization are watching this. But you know what? Again, I told the story before on the rehearsal, the championship trophy rehearsal, where they were rehearsing for the Aces because the Liberty couldn't win it prior to game three or four. And for them to, to go along with the WNBA and insert their people, front office people in there to read a script and refuse to say the Aces name, this is why you're rehearsing for the Aces. So you don't have to sit there and go, oh, congratulations, winning team. The winning team. Yeah, I mean, it was it was ridiculous. And again, totally opposite the way it was done last year in Connecticut when it was like, okay, Aces, Chelsea Gray, this and that, okay. And you're going through a rehearsal for television purposes, and they really thought that the Liberty, were, hey, this is premature. Uh, we're going to be doing this after game five. And there was a couple other people that inserted the New York Liberty's name in Brianna Stewart's name for MVP. It's like, whoa. I mean, talk about classless. Everyone wants to talk about, oh, Kelsey Plum's cl- classless. I mean, you better look at John Quell Jones and, and some of those others. But hey, it's over. So you knew you were going to get, you know, some of those shots, but it was all done in, in good taste. And if the rest of the league doesn't like the Aces, I don't understand it. Because plain and simple, it's all about jealousy. And I've always hated that with organizations, with people. Why are you jealous? You're jealous because you don't have an owner like Mark Davis? Are you jealous because uh, you don't have a facility like the Aces? Are you jealous because you don't have a home court advantage like Michelob Wolterine inside the Mandalay Bay? you jealous because you have such a large staff of, 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 for the Aces? That they have the attention to detail to make everything happen. Are you, are you jealous of that? Are you jealous that the aces were so bad when they got here? Now think about this. Talk about doormat to champion. The San Antonio stars were so bad that they got the first pick in back to back drafts. Number one overall pick, Kelsey Plum. Number one overall pick, Asia Wilson. Second year that they relocate here, Jackie Young. 
first overall pick. Okay? What, you, are you jealous of that? Were, were you jealous when San Antonio was terrible and they moved to Vegas and all of a sudden Bill Lambeer starts building this dynasty? And you draft Asia Wilson, not only the face of the franchise, but the face now of the WNBA. And I loved what Becky said, if you have that, about, I've seen some goats. I played with some goats. Yeah, Asia Wilson is the goat of all goats. That is classic. That is outstanding. And that's true. I'm an old ass bitch. I played. I played against all the goats. Oh, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. This going to be the goat of the goats. She don't even know how I'm, be, I'm about to be on that ass. Because she's that good. I'm trying to think of an NBA comp. I'm trying to think of a WNBA comp. And there ain't nobody in the world like Asia Wilson. Becky Hammond talking about the goat, Asia Wilson. And again, Asia Wilson talked about it so many times. Just endearing to everyone, endearing the media requests that she has gotten from day one, year one, when she was here, going back to 2018. And now it's just ridiculous. You know, again, with everything that she has got going on and she makes time. Last night, the ceremony got over. It was supposed to go from, they, they timed it out where, okay, Prado will start at five. It'll end at 7.30. And... They wanted to have a concert afterwards. It was Usher, right? No. It so, wasn't well, Usher? So, long story short, there were... I I don't know if I, I, I'm allowed to say who it was and who it was supposed to be, so I'm not going to go there. With well, they announced... It was 2 chains. It was, it no, was no, no, announced... No, I, I understand that, but he wasn't the first choice. Oh, okay. Okay? He's like, choice number four. Ooh. But, yeah. Okay. So, I don't want to get into that. But... It was such a last-minute deal that he was flying in from Atlanta, and they needed to kill time. And during that time, Becky Hammond wanted to play trivia. <laughs> she that, would, that was one of my favorite spots. What was it? Okay. And in the meanwhile, then they, you know, they had the dance, you know, the wild card crew and the dance, you know, troop and all that kind of stuff. High rollers were there, all that stuff. But the players took it upon themselves to go into the crowd. Oh, that was, yeah. Alicia Clark went and started the far left side. I never saw her again because she went like all the way out close to Las Vegas Boulevard. Yeah. Taking selfies, signing autographs. And then who comes after her? Asia Wilson. And, you know, and KP came out. Kia Stokes came out. You know, you know, in her boot. Chelsea Gray on the scooter with Sydney Colson. That's who these women are. They, they were riding together. It, it was awesome. They were ride or die right there. The MVP? The MVP. The real MVP. Hold on. Now we have someone who was talking some smack. Okay. Because they won. And it is Chelsea Gray. And the league didn't. They didn't messed up and let us win again, bro. <laughs> they didn't messed up with that one. They didn't messed up with not giving our person who was supposed to be damn MVP the trophy. <laughs> KP off the all WNBA team. 
Chelsea Gray. Too funny. Too funny. Great night of the parade. Fun. Frolic. Good times. And just a lot of confidence there. Asia Wilson. Let's hear from the MVP. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, all right, y'all gotta chill, y'all gotta chill, I gotta get my stuff out. So, my teammates already talked enough, so I don't really gotta talk a lot of. At the end of the day, we got the ring and that's all that matters. Yeah, we're champs. But I do want to take this time out just to just show so much appreciation to my teammates, our staff, everybody in between. You guys, like Cindy said, the best fans in the world. Yeah, 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 we'll take that. But no, uh, a lot of people doubted us. Game three, a lot of people doubted us. It was a moment where we kind of shed a tear because we lost two. But boy, we had a mighty, mighty, mighty bench mob, man. Man. Uh, and we already know what happened at game four. We got, we got us a dub. Yeah, bench mob. Big, big, big bench mob. Not the little one. You know that, period. But no, uh, we can't appreciate you guys enough for always supporting us, always cheering us near and far, everyone in between. Super thankful to be a part of this franchise. Y'all know that first ring was nice, so we already know that second one about to be blinging. Uh-oh, Becky, Becky here. Becky coming, Becky coming. <laughs> Becky coming. Listen here, I'm an old ass I played against all the goats. Oh, I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna put it out there. This gonna be the goat of the goats. She don't even know how I'm about to be on that ass. Cause she's that good. I'm trying to think of an NBA comp. I'm trying to think of a WNBA comp. And there ain't nobody in the world like Asia Wilson. Who willed us on her back and said, hey, I'm about to push you on my back. Come on, follow me. And we did. You want it back? You want it back? Run that back. And one last thing, whoever you are out there that voted me for, thank you, thank you so much. I wanna say I appreciate you, cause that just means that I got a lot more work to do and we coming back, we coming back baby. We're gonna do this shit again. That's Asia Wilson referring to the anonymous person. How they got a vote, I have no idea. Again, in spite of her voting her fourth. For the MVP award. AC was trying to find out the press conference. Uh, again, And I wish that that person would have stood up. They were there. And I keep telling you before, you got to remember that not everybody gets credentialed to go to a finals. That person wasn't there. That person, person might not even exist. That person's a New York Liberty super freaking fan. It's either that or a Connecticut Sun and Alyssa Thomas fan. And that makes more sense because that's the only way Alyssa Thomas would have got enough votes. If you vote like Brianna Stewart three, Asia Wilson four, you know what I'm saying? You do it for spite. And again, that has got, got, got uh, so much attention 
It's nonsense. But I'm glad it gets pointed out, though, because the system for voting for the most valuable player is flawed. And it's got to be changed. Plain and simple. Candace Parker. She didn't get a chance to play much this season because she was injured. Came to training camp, hobbled, fought her way through it, got shut down at the end of the Dallas game in Dallas at the beginning of July. But Candace Parker was there to root her team on down the stretch in the playoffs at New York, there to be that person with wisdom, to be that coach with them. And she was on stage last night. Thank you so much to the organization for welcoming me. Um, there's a saying out there that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I must say that, like, watching you all, we could talk about Jackie's shoulders. We could talk about uh, Chelsea's passes. We could talk about KP knocking it down. We could talk about Asia just being everywhere on the floor. But I think the thing that has impressed me the most has been we've been ready so we don't have to get ready. And that goes... <laughs> And that goes over here, that goes to the fact that our bench was ready. Listen, listen, listen. I've never seen Sydney Colson run through a screen so hard in game four as she did. But honestly, it's been inspirational to me. And then also, I text Becky before game four. And I asked her, I said, okay, all right, so what are we about to do? And she said, we about to get this. And that has been the confidence that she's had in this team the entire season. And I must say, Becky, you seriously are one of the greatest coaches to ever coach basketball. And I mean that in all seriousness. I mean that. I mean that. There it is, Candace Parker talking truth about Becky Hammond. And it's not even close as far as best coach in the WNBA, how prepared she is, how serious she takes this, and how she can relate to those players and get the most out of her players, plain and simple. Uh, great night at the parade last night. Again, if you were there, um, glad you were there. You got a chance to witness it. Beautiful night weather-wise, uh, beautiful backdrop of the Las Vegas Strip, and uh, there at Toshiba Plaza, just a great gathering spot that everyone's familiar with. And again, uh, wasn't overly congested. It was, it was just, it was just well done. You just felt really, really good about that last night. And, uh, the Aces will have their off season. And again, uh, a good portion of this team is not playing overseas because they're starting to make enough money now, uh, especially not only with the collective bargaining agreement, but with the other endorsements that they're making which is great, and they can rest up. They deserve to rest up instead of playing overseas. Now, there'll still be you know, a handful of players that will go over and make that money because uh, the money is great overseas. But players like Asia Wilson and, and others, they, they're going to rest and be ready for this three-peat. So my one criticism of this, they ended the media, all of the media ended before this part happened, and it is it, it's they did the we are the champions after the firework or, or before the fireworks right correct and becky got on the mic and was just singing yes and it's maybe one of the best things that i'm glad i found somebody's just like f- camera view of it mm-hmm. 
and it's just gold. It is. All right, we'll send to the break with that. We've got Terrible Tuesday coming your way today. Plenty of Terrible Tuesday takes. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, will join us because it's NBA opening night. And then when we come back, the coach, Mike Tice, is going to join us talking about that Vikings upset over the 49ers last night in Week 7. Yes, we're still relishing in the parade element of the back-to-back world champion Las Vegas Aces. Hey, this is Robert De Niro, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. It's good. All right, continuing on here on this Tuesday, NFL. Let's talk a little about that. What we saw last night, upset. The 49ers get thoroughly beaten by the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. Yes. Crazy game, huh? 22-17 last night. I'm sure uh, the former head coach, of that franchise was wearing a little purple last night. Probably had a cigar in his mouth as well, too. And I know he's on the road in the Midwest right now. But the coach, Mike Tice, joins us. What's going on, brother? TC, well, I can't believe you got Robert De Niro on. Is that real or is that fake? <laughs> well, let me let, let me hear your best Robert De Niro uh, impersonation. No, and, and you no, tell me. I, just, I have an autographed uh, frame thing I bought at an auction drunk one night with Robert De Niro's autograph on it. I can't believe you got his damn. You, you that's fake. <laughs> it's fake. You want to tell Bobby yeah. that? Tell Bobby. How does this sound fake? Hey, who who who's doing who's doing Robert De Niro? Who's doing Robert De Niro that good? It's certainly hey, not me. That, Robert De Niro, and you're listening good. to the T.C. Martin Show. It's good. What do you think, Mike? I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> What's happening? What about my bike queens? Oh my god! The they uh, killed me. They killed me last night, man. They killed me. Come on, I man. I bet the under. I bet the under. You're a winner. You're a winner. All right. I but, got it. And, but, I bet, and I bet the Rangers. I'm happy. Oh jeez. Yeah. It was a great happy night for day. me. Lucky I was in a parade last night. I didn't get a chance to watch either oh, of those games, that man. Fun? That was fun. That had to be fun. Yeah. yeah per- be. Parade was great. But anyway. Let's talk about Kirk Cousins, man. Go. Go. It's your team. Go ahead. Hey, listen. The guy leads the NFL touchdown passes from what I think uh, I know, but maybe I'm wrong. But, I mean, two of Mahomes and Josh uh, Allen have 15 touchdowns, I believe. And Kirk's got 16 touchdown passes. And you know what? The guy... This year is it must have been the show he was on that quarterback show because the guy this year is making play he's making plays left and right. He is. I mean, he really is, he's having himself a, a good year, and I I don't know. I mean, what do we know about Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Vikings? Kevin's Kevin's a, a very good man, great family man. He's got a ton of kids. We text back and forth. Uh, I'm supporting him 100%. I think he's doing a great job. And the Vikings have gone away from 
the classic run the football, play great defense teams of the last era, Mike Zimmer era, and going to, you know, throwing the ball last night. I believe they they didn't give up a sack last night with a backup offensive guard in for Ezra uh, Cleveland, a good uh, Washington State boy. But just think of this. You've got that Jordan Addison out there making plays, and Justin Jefferson, maybe the best or top three receivers in the league, hurt. And now this guy's thrown 16 touchdown passes. This Jordan Addison is coming on, the kid from USC. And now you're going to get Justin Jefferson back in a few weeks. Holy, holy moly, holy. Yeah, no, Kirk Cousins has been phenomenal. Like I said, 378 yards against that Niner defense last night, 452 overall. And like I said, majority of that through the air. I still think they got problems running the football, you know, Mike. And again, that's yeah. a little bit different than yeah. what we're accustomed to seeing. Like you said, maybe it's a change in philosophy, but you know, you're going to need that running game, uh, especially come December and January. Well, the thing about running the football is you got to develop a running game. And, and later in the season, you got to be able to run the ball when you have to run the football. And right now, the Vikings can't do that. But they get Cam Akers. He had a couple nice carries last night. You know, he's finally in the in the mix of things and, and you know, got a couple more carries. And, and Madison had a better night. He averaged over four yards a carry, so I like to see that. But as long as the Vikings are efficient in the run game, that's all you can ask for. You know, that's four yards on first down, more than half on second down, and make it when you run on third down, you got to make it. So, you know, I think the running game is going to come. You could see last night a little bit more attention to the running game, but still I think the Vikings are going to be a passing team. Do you know how many punts were in that game last night? No, I don't watch the punters. You got a, a kicker got cut today for missing three kicks for the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for that. I mean, uh, he missed two field goals and he misses a, a PAT. That's seven points. Oh, by the way, they lost twenty-four to seventeen. No, but I bring this up because of this. There were two punts in the game last night. Only two punts, one for each team. And like you mentioned, it was an under. Okay, I could maybe see two punts if the score is 45 to 42 or something, but 22 17, only two punts, that seemed very, very strange last night. Well, you would know better than me, but yeah, that is a strange stat. That's a good one. Yeah, you wouldn't think if it's a low scoring game, there'd be two punts. You'd think there'd be punts galore. Right. But right. Uh, but uh, that's not the fact. But look at the Vikings. They're three and four, they've already played Philly, and they score a lot of points against Philly. They already played Kansas City, they already played. San Francisco, three of the better teams in the league, if not one of them being the best team in the league. And here coming up, they got Green Bay, who can't figure out themselves. Atlanta, you know, they're average. New Orleans, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of the quarterback. And Denver and Chicago coming up before their bye. So they got a chance to get above 500 and maybe a couple games up, uh, up above 500 and make a little bit of hay in the North because Detroit showed that they're still, you know, human. Uh, you know, playing. You know, they didn't play very well the other day, Detroit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, Mike. I'm gonna extend it beyond that because after the bye, you know who they play? They come to Vegas to play the Raiders. They could have a a seven game, actually an eight game Run. win streak. They could have it because yeah, they, they already did. got the Bears and the Niners in the bank already. And like you said, at Green Bay, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, and Raiders, we could All really games. be talking about this team here in the next month. I think we, I think, uh, you know, if they stay healthy, the whole thing is injuries. You see it happening, you know, to everybody out there, all the quarterbacks that are hurt right now. You start getting banged up, it starts taking its toll, and then you hope you catch the bye at the right time. But, you know, the Vikings have to play, what, three, six more games? One, two, three, 
four four games more before the bye. So hopefully they don't, you know, knock on wood, get anything worse than, uh, you know, the Jefferson hamstring. Mm. Give me your team, and it could be for the better or the worse, that has been a surprise to you thus far after seven weeks. Well, you know, I uh, yeah. I like to I gave out the Jaguars. And by the way, I went zero and three in my NFL pick. This yes, week. thank you very much. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, the breaking news, Mike Tice. Now it's two dinners, Yomi. As you know, you had your Tua boys and the Dolphins. I had to bring it up, but now that's that's two dinners. So you better get your tail back here. I know I'm going to be broke. I got to get a side job. I got to get a side job so I can pay TC Martin to eat. I, I tried to warn you in advance. I tried to warn you in advance. Don't bet food with me, brother. But that's okay. I know. My God, you're skin and bones. Look at me. I'm the one that shouldn't be eating. Maybe it's I just give you a gift card and I don't go because I don't need to eat. Uh, I, I, I appreciate the company and I, I want to take pictures of you watching me eat. That, that, that's great, right there. <laughs> Well, that's it. Let's maybe we'll talk later in the week, huh? Yeah, you got it, brother. You got it. All right, man. So I appreciate it. All right, get and get those get those picks together for Friday, okay? I will. I got to do a better job of research. I'm heading to the Boo at the Zoo in St. Louis at the zoo with my my 15 month old granddaughter. That, it. that is awesome. What kind of zoo do they got there? I'm kind of a zoo guy. They what? have the greatest zoo. It's free. The zoo here is free. It's wonderful. I mean, they have. My wife is yelling, Diane, in the background. It's the best zoo besides the San Diego Zoo. Wow, that's strong right there. It's a strong zoo. It's very strong. Talk to you later, brother. Take care, my man. There he is. Mike Tice on his way to the zoo. Going to see the bears, elephants, who knows what. (laughs) Is there any Vikings in a zoo? No, I was you know I was in the NFC North you know, know routine you know I was thinking you know lions bears Packers Vikings I don't know <sighs> Vikings last night mm. Brock Purdy how how good did, how good was that and, and I'm, I just had a horrible weekend when it when when it came to results you know yeah just horrible so it comes down to fantasy right. And I'm leading my fantasy league. I was like five and one coming into it, right? Had kind of a subpar week. And then it comes down to my opponent has Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy had two interceptions. So what happens? I go look at my score earlier today. This this is a great way to lead off Terrible Tuesday. Is that I end up tied. I end up tied. So you know what the tiebreaker is, right? The reserves. So I'm getting all excited. Oh, I had such a bad week with my starters. Maybe I can pull out the victory. I got outscored on my bench like 30 to 7. Oh. I tie. Purdy has a horrible game, two picks, and I still lose. That's terrible. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Let's talk about some terrible football over the weekend. Let's start on Saturday. Remember we were talking about low totals in college football, including the Minnesota-Iowa game where the total was 30 and a half, right? Remember that? 
Final score, 12-10, Minnesota. I like Minnesota in this game. All right, speaking of the Vikings, but no, these are the Golden Gophers. But here's how it went down. Tell me how terrible this is. Less than two minutes remaining in the game, right? The offensive juggernaut between these two teams that we talked about on Friday. Forget about it, right? Minnesota punts to Iowa. The punt hits the ground. The returner is pointing and communicating with his teammates. Get out of the way. Get out of the way because you want to do that on a bad punt, right? You don't want to have one of the return guys touch it. Then Iowa, rather, uh, Minnesota would jump on it, right? So the returner for Iowa is pointing, talking to his teammates, get the heck out of the way, don't touch the football, and then he fields the ball. What does he do after that? Takes it all the way back for a game-winning touchdown. Iowa is going to win this football game. Wait, wait, wait. Not so fast, my friends, because the officials got involved. The officials came back and said, he signaled a fair catch. They went to review to see if he made a fair catch. And they said he made a illegal fair catch sign negating the game-winning touchdown. Let me tell you what a fair catch is. And we all know what a fair catch is. Fair catch is waving your hand above your head. Never did this returner from Iowa put his hand above his head. He was pointing straight ahead. Straight shot. What would that be? Perpendicular? Horizontal? That would be horizontal. Not up here. Not by the shoulder. Not high Hitler down there with the fake mustache from Seinfeld. No. Straight ahead. And he's talking to his teammates. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. How an official can interpret that as a fair catch is beyond me. And the officials had no idea what they were doing here, what to call. But they called that he gave an illegal fair catch sign. P.J. Fleck, you know, row the boat, P.J. Fleck, Minnesota. Here's his quote. There's nothing controversial about it. Nothing controversial. Offsides is offsides. False starts, false start. A hold is a hold. Invalid fair catch signal is an invalid fair catch signal. Now, the way the rule states is invalid fair catch. So everybody thinks it's above your shoulder. And it has to look like a fair catch. That's not part of the rule. The only thing that should have happened, and I'm not a referee, nor am I blaming anyone, is it should have just been blown dead right there. Not even let the play happen because it didn't exist. No controversy about it. That's P.J. Fleck. Now, didn't they say it was because it was his left hand, too? I heard that. It was like an illegal left. Because he's orchestrating. Yeah. He's pointing. Like, get out of the way, get out of the way. So now it has to be your right hand has to go up? A fair catch is... It's, it's either hand. Because the ref it's said, I hand. think the ref said left hand. Yeah. He uses left hand. Most people do right hand. Most people do right hand. Yeah, but there's nothing in the rule book that says right hand or left hand. You have to make a signal to the opposing team. And what is that signal? It is raising your hand, your, your, your hand at least above the shoulder and over your head. That's what it is right there. There is nothing that says fair catch about that video. 
Plenty of controversy about this. Big Ten referee Tim O'Day explained the crew's decision after the game. Here's his quote. The receiver makes a pointing gesture with his right hand, and he makes multiple waving gestures with his left hand. That waving motion of the left hand continues an invalid fair catch signal. So when the receiving team recovers the ball, by rule, it becomes dead. So that is a reviewable element of the game. We let the play run out, and then when we went to the review, review shows with indisputable evidence that there is a waving motion with his left hand. But that is when those rules are applied. Okay, this is where he's wrong. Okay. Linemen, gunners are coming down, right? If a guy is like, say, bent over and he's like, like doing a dance move, if he's doing this, I'm doing, I know I'm not on video right now, doing that, how are they going to see? You're looking over linemen. You're looking over shoulder pads. That's why the rule states above, not below. So if you're pointing, they're not going to be able to see it. Nobody signals a fair catch below their waist, below their chest. It just doesn't happen. I mean, are you kidding me? We got audio of this? Let's go audio. Hit me. It's the Michigan State Spartans a couple of weeks ago. He iced the game on a punt return. Mark Crawford steps up to the five. High end over end punt. Dejean not going to touch it. Until now. Little spin down the sideline. Got some space. Here he comes. Cooper Dejean cuts it back. 25. He's got a chance. He scores! Sideline. Allows the ball to bounce. Uzi initially receives it. He's certainly not out of bounds there. Spins away from a defender and then tight ropes the sidelines like Barishnikov and does clearly stay in bounds there. After reviewing the play, the returner waved his left hand, which is an invalid fair catch signal. Therefore, by rule, the ball became dead upon recovery. The ball be placed at the 46-yard line. Clock operator, please reset the game clock to 1 minute 33 seconds. 1.33, please. Now, here's the thing. Did you did you notice any of those announcers say anything about a flag on the play? No. No flag on the play. So you tell me they dropped the flag Afterwards, they they probably had to, because there was no flag on the play. No, and they're calling the play by play like there was no laundry on the field, nothing. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, anyway, let's get to this part. How's that Iowa offense doing, huh? Remember we talked about how pathetic this was. So they did get the ball back less than two minutes to go. Remember they're trailing twelve to ten. Three plays happened: sack, incompletion. Interception. Game over. Game over. The game was over long before that. You know why? We said the final score was 12 to 10 in a college football game. Total 30 and a half. Iowa had 11 yards rushing the football. This is what they do is they run the football. 11 yards rushing. Get this. The longest run that they had was a quarterback sneak. A quarterback sneak was the longest run you had. Iowa wins the foot. I'm saying they they lost the football game, but they had 127 yards. 
Total yards. 127 total yards in a football game. They scored 10 points. They probably should have won the football game. They returned the punt back. And what does P.J. Flex says? Hey, team had 11 yards rushing. So what? They had a return for a touchdown as well, too. That was negated by some fabricated call. With his left hand. With his left hand. Unbelievable. Now, what, how about some more pathetic football? Oh, by the way, guess where? Big Ten. What is up with these teams? Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Just can't run the football, can't get first downs. Let's throw Northwestern. Let's throw Nebraska in there, huh? Let's throw Penn State in there. Penn State, Ohio State. One of the most hyped games of last weekend, right? Nittany Lions lose to the Buckeyes 20-12. to Get this stat. Penn State was zero for their first 15 third down attempts. They were 0 for 15 on third down until a meaningless last minute drive where the Buckeyes played prevent defense. And you know how many first downs they ended up with in the game? One. One for 16. And they were, what, a top seven football team heading into this week? Are you kidding me? You fail on your first 15 attempts on third down. One for 16. That is pathetic. Penn State, total yards running the football? 49. 49 for a grand total of 240 total yards through the air. And 75 of that was garbage on the last drive. It meant nothing. How about some more pathetic, terrible, horrendous football? College football. You don't see scores like this. 12 to 10. 7 to 3. Mississippi State beat Arkansas 7 to 3. The teams combined for the big Z in the second half. Zero. Teams combined to go 7 of 31 on third and fourth down. 7 of 31 in a college football game. Both teams had less than 100 yards passing. Is it football passing game now? How does this happen? Oh, by the way, the total, 46 and a half. Under 7 to 3 is your final score. Are you kidding me? Record scratch plays. How about some more bad football? The NFL side on Sunday. Lions turned into the old Lions. Baltimore wins 38 to 6. Baltimore had 16 first downs before Detroit got their very first first down. Baltimore ran 16 first downs off before Detroit could gain their first down with with uh, to start of the third quarter. How about these halftime stats? Baltimore 229 yards passing. Detroit Deuce. Two yards passing. Hey, how's that, Jared Goff? How do you have two yards passing in a half? Baltimore rushing the football first half. 96. Detroit, 11. A magic 11. Just like Iowa. Total first half yards. Baltimore, 325. The Detroit Lions, 13. Didn't I say this on Friday? That Do you have this feeling that the Lions are going to become the old Lions when they go play a rough and tough physical team, especially outdoors, East Coast. That's exactly what happened. This is professional football. That shouldn't happen. Detroit was 5-1 and one coming into this game. 
downright horrible. And finally, how about more bad calls with Pittsburgh and the Rams? 2-12 to go. Pittsburgh fourth and one at the Rams 40. Kenny Pickett sneaks it, but he's short. Rams ball, right? Nope. Refs mark it. First down. What? Game over. Rams had no timeouts to challenge, but the uh, side judge errantly marked the ball. Why? Because he was blocked by Pickens, the wide receiver. He couldn't see where Kenny Pickett was at, the quarterback, on the sneak. Can't challenge it. Clock runs down. Two-minute warning. Under two minutes. Play is automatically reviewed. But because it happened on the other side of two minutes, don't have any timeouts left. So sorry. Game over. Bottom line is the refs need to get this call right. And you have technology to get it right. Are you kidding me? That's on the refs. But come on, man. Sean McVay, save those timeouts. You don't need to be burning timeouts at the three-minute mark. Come on, man. That's horrendous. Oh, and by the way, Brett Maher cut after missing two field goals and a PAT. Final score, 24-17. He gave up seven points. Some terrible Tuesday takes, maybe some more later. Coming your way. Hour one in the books. Hour two on the way. NBA opening night. The big seven-footer will join us. Chuck Esposito will join us over at Red Rock. We'll talk about last night's Monday Night Football game, NFL Week 7, and college football and a whole lot more. And plus, we got a Game 7 tonight in Major League Baseball. We have got the Diamondbacks trying to pull a Rangers. How about that World Series? It could happen. Diamondbacks and Phillies with a pair of number four starters in the most important game of the year going tonight. That coming your way on a terrible Tuesday. Prescription from the doctor. And Saul says, pay pass a big ticket. T.C. Martin. And here comes the Birdman. Flapping his wings and soaring for a sweet flush. When you're aerodynamically designed with that hairdo, you can do those kinds of things. With that sweet mohawk. The doctor is now in. Unos, dos, tres. Back at you, hour number deuce here on this terrible Tuesday. We're practicing our fair catches in the studio. I'm using Tootsie Rolls. Numbchuck's using pens. I don't get it. Numbchuck, I love your screensaver. He's got KP with a cigar. Gotta love it. <laughs> Gotta recreate last year's picture. I loved it. So I was taking pictures last night. Uh, I immediately thought of you when KP lit up the cigar. I said, oh, I'm sending this to Numbchuck. You like that one, don't you? I love it. There it is. You can use that one for your that's, phone. That's the phone screensaver. There you go. All right. Uh, great parade night last night. Uh, fun. Good stuff. We recap that in hour number one. You miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check all that out. TCMartinShow.com. And uh, the, the show, the interview is all up a little bit later on. Mike Tice joined us in hour one. We talked about that Vikings victory over the 49ers this hour. We'll talk to Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. 
talk a little Major League Baseball. Get ready for Game 7 tonight in the NLCS. Rangers already punched their ticket uh, to the World Series. Defeating the Astros in Game 6 and 7. Visiting team wins every game. Not happy about that. And tonight is opening night in the NBA. It's here already. Just less than 24 hours ago. Aces celebrate, put a close to the WNBA season, what a season it was, back-to-back champs with the parade. And then now, tonight, the NBA season starts with two games. Tonight, Lakers take on Denver, Phoenix takes on Golden State, and the Denver Nuggets are getting their rings tonight. Or should I say this afternoon? It's really weird. Do you know what time this thing is tipping off? 4.30 Pacific. That's 5.30 in Denver. Sun hadn't even gone down yet. That's not opening night. And why we have two Pacific games? Yeah, with, it should with be teams, the east, right? It should be give East me, Coast, right? Give me one East, give me one. I don't know what they're doing here. It's it, kind of like, and I don't know why the NHL is even trying to compete. They're doing frozen fren- frozen frenzy. Sixteen games, all thirty-two teams are playing today. Yeah, insane frozen frenzy. All right, the big seven-footer. A guy who knows a thing or two about parades as well as opening nights and ring ceremony. You know who joins us. He's back. The man in the middle from San Francisco, 7 1 Bill What's going on, Biggin? Hey, I, I, I do want to comment about the uh, opening night. Yeah. Uh, Okay, it is a opening night in New York, so uh, that's kind of correct, but incorrect because uh, New York's not playing. Is, they're not playing. No, but they're going to watch the game. Yeah, yeah but you can't just start the game at eight o'clock on, on the West Coast for an East Coast game, can you? Well, normally, what time do the Nuggets play? Seven o'clock, seven thirty, uh, Mountain Time. You play then. But I know you get you you you, you do a ring ceremony that early. It just seems strange. Yeah, why not? Let's just get it over. They look, nobody wants to go to that ring ceremony anyway. Even even the guys that were there, I've been to plenty of ring ceremonies. Can we just get our rings and, and play the game? The games are always crappy. Okay, you, with ring ceremonies. You're right. You're you're right. You said that before. We're going to get into that, but you cannot compare yourself and put yourself in a fan's shoes. Okay, a fan, you know, they get geeked up. The eighteen thousand fans, yeah, they, they want the ring ceremony. They're going to pay extra. You know, they're going to get there extra early. Too, they enjoy that. Just because you're a ring snob, because you've got five of them, okay? You know, well, it's not that. I'm just talking about the game. So, this, so they're going to celebrate the ring and play, and then watch a crappy game. Yeah, they probably lose. <laughs> I mean, it, it, we've seen that happen with the Warriors and other teams, right? They get the rings, and they usually end up losing on opening night, right? Yeah, it's just, just uh, it's just a totally different mindset. So now we're going to get Numchuck on this. I'm going to ask you, but and Numchuck will give you some time. Okay, I want to know what the Chicago Bulls record during the six championships. What was their ring night record? First game next season. What about you, Bill? You know the answer to that. How how well did you I, do in in opening nights? The fall after you won the won the bling. I I cannot, of course. That was only the nineties. Yeah. So no, I'm not, no, I'm not. It's, it's not the sixties. It's not the seventies. It's the nineties. Come on, youngin. I don't, I don't even know what happened last week. Yeah. And you want to talk about the nineties? <laughs> 
You've got to be kidding me. Wait a minute. Come are on. you telling me you don't remember like any part clutch situation, you know, clutch shot in any of those finals games? Or of course you do. You know, you can remember what was said to you in the in the huddle, what Phil Jackson said, or what you said to your teammates. Come on, don't act like you got amnesia of all of the nineties. Come on, man. We're talking about I got four kids and eight grandkids. Now, what what have you been thinking about right now? I mean, you got you got one kid, and, and that's enough right there. You have four yeah. and, and eight hey, grandkids. Don't, I don't want to, you know, you don't need to so, apologize about that. That's on you, man. I said apologize, and I'm just saying I got a lot of stuff going on. You know, and plus, oh. and plus, when the kids get older, now they're calling you up and they need new shoes. And it's not like these, you know, you can get a, a new pair of uh, a Nike for 50 bucks. It's like shoes at like 250 a pop. Where's the, your responsibility uh, to, to be getting kids and grandkids shoes? I mean, you can't say no, you know, you know, can't happen. You could just say, yeah. hey, you're getting a birthday present. You're getting a Christmas present, you know, and call it call a halt to the bout. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. You're a softy. Yeah, but... You're you're a big softy. You come across, you know, with me, you know, like you're a pretty hard dude. You're a softy when it when it comes to the kids and the grandkids. Grandkids, that's true. Grandkids <laughs> get, get get whatever they want. That's that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to make it rotten. I mean, I try to ask you for a pizza, and you, and you say, "Forget about it." Come on, man. You go. Oh, I'm not hungry. Well, I'm asking. Oh, you're, for... are you... Yeah. Jeez. But, but like I said, you know, as a grandparent. You, your job is to make your kids rotten, your grandkids rotten, and then let the parents deal with it. So we give, we give them everything, everything they want. Now, were you, were want. you rotten? Did you get that rotten treatment when you were a kid? No, my grandparent, my, I only had one grandparent left, mm-hmm. and he was in Texas. <laughs> so, you know, the only thing I got from him was a hearty handshake and a, and a job all done. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> uh, but you had a lot of love in that Cartwright Ranch. You had a lot of love. Yeah, we did. As long as, long as you worked hard. If you didn't work too hard, you didn't get to boot your ass out of there. That's right. You got to work the fields there at the Cartwright Ranch. Got to work it. <laughs> I can't, work, I, I can't believe uh, Numchuck's doing homework because we could have the Bonanza theme going right now. But uh, Numchuck is hard at work. You should see this picture. I can just picture Numchuck like when he was in high school and he's got this look right now where he's like, you know, he's taking notes and he's looking over the shoulder of the pretty girl. He's, he's stealing her notes. That's what's going on. And he's got his right hand looking for a grab. That's what he's doing right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks wow, like he's, he's taking, he's working hard right now. He's working hard on, on that stat. So we'll see by the end of this segment if he can come up with it. But that's some, that's some good diligent work right there. Well, well, this is, I, I, I do want to add this. And by the way, congratulations. You know, Aces, they do a great job. They won a championship. Everybody knows how hard that is. Shortened season, injury. Uh, you had to fight through every, uh, every series is different. But I know I got one thing coming from him because we know there was victory cigars and you know I love cigars. Yes. So I'm assuming that's coming my way. <laughs> Hold on. No. You, do you want to get Kelsey Plum? You want to get KP on the line for me? I'll see if she she I will gladly do if, that. <laughs> if she's if she saved a, a cigar for the seven footer. Yeah, we'll get you a cigar, my friend. How's that? We'll get you a victory cigar. But At I can't I can't guarantee you. I cannot guarantee you the quality because you are a bougie cigar snob. I mean, you like to have a really good cigar. 
I don't know the I'm quality. Close. I don't know the quality of the, of the cigars because I'm not a I cigar guy. I don't, I don't think I've ever met a person that says they want a average or bad cigar. I don't think I've ever met one person in my life. Of course you want a great cigar. And, of course, the Aces, being champions, uh, they have great cigars. That's what I'm assuming. Now, you tell me you got bad cigars? I can't, I, cigars? I, I can't tell the difference between a good and a bad cigar, you know? I mean, I can tell you the difference between Coke and Pepsi all day. I can tell you, you know, fermented iced tea and, and, the, and the freshly brewed or out of the spigot. Or out of a can, I could do that all day. But a cigar, you know me, I, I can't, I can't tell the difference. You give me a cigar, I'm just going. Oh, I'm supposed to puff on this, you know. I, and I have problems lighting the thing too, as you well know. I can't tell what's a good and bad cigar. You're a pro well, at that. Well, that's that's not the point. I can tell you good and bad point. French onion soup. I'll tell you that, man. And uh, and I had a bad French onion soup in New York City, man. And I had to let the guy know about it. I had to tell the guy. I said, go tell the chef that the star of the French onion soup is not the cheese. All right? It is not the cheese. It is all about the broth and the caramelized onion, which you advertise on the menu. And what did the owner say to you? <laughs> you said to me, he says, I've been here 17 years and I've had two complaints and you're the second. And I said, wow. Yeah, that's what he said to me. In New York City, I had this old Italian guy. What did he call himself? Johnny D. Yeah. And then he, then he apologized after I told him that, you know, what was wrong with everything. Yeah. I bet you would never have that happen at Froggy's. Would you? Ever. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah, there you go. I mean, having an owner bust through the door and, and 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 tell the customer that he's wrong because I called yeah, him out because yeah. because he's trying to tell me that uh, you know I should eat a steak that is well done when I order it medium plus. I mean, come on, man. Wow. Yeah, that's terrible. But anyway, that's yeah. But French onion soup, as you well know, and man, I sure miss the froggies French onion soup. That was one of the best, man. One of the best. And 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 uh, you know, you've been in that kitchen enough, right? I mean, isn't the star of the French onion soup the broth and the onions? It's not the cheese on top. Uh, it's, it's it's the whole combination. It's got to flow together. Once it does, once everything flows together, flows into one, boom. I ain't got something. Bill Cartwright joins us. Five of those... Uh, Next, those opening nights after the ring. What didn't you like about the opening night? Was it the ring ceremony? Was it that uh, complacency? Was it just uh, too soon to get back? Took you a while to get going? What was the dealio? Uh, it's just like it's just a funky night, and it's and look as you know, opening days, opening days of the seasons are already funky enough. Now you're going to have opening day with the ring ceremony. And that in itself is, um, the ring ceremony is, is enough to throw things off because you, you got to come out with the right edge. You've got to have an edge. You've got to come out. And it just takes all that away because there's just too much love in the building and then too much reflection. So, um, just, just look forward for a bad game. That's all. That's all I'm saying. It's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be a great half. Uh, it's going to be the first game of the year. That's going to be a bloody nightmare. Uh, so it's just going to be a badass game, and 
you might as well get ready for it. Just just get ready for a love fest. What was your routine in the off season after like winning a championship? Uh, did anything change for you? I know you had a shorter off season, but did you like okay the thirty days ahead of time? That's when I get in the gym, or was it a once a week thing? What was that? What was your routine? No, it was um, it, the off season to start. You're not probably not going to play a lot of basketball, but you're going to uh, still have some cardio. So I used to run run in the morning and then lift, and then eventually you get back in the gym to shoot, and then eventually you play some one on one, two on three. Two on two. Nowadays they play full court, which is for me insane. But uh, that's what you did back then. It was uh, it was it was a progression to get back in the gym. But um, you really needed to to get away. Um, um, as you know, I I had a family, so a lot of times we would go on vacation. You know, like the movie Vacation, you would have that nightmare thing where you get in the get in the van and. You know, the kids are screaming in the back, and, you know, we, I remember one year we we took a, a, a trip from uh, Chicago to Orlando, uh, which was a, a horrible trip. Uh, of course, it's got fond memories now, but uh, back then, oof. Was Grandma Cartwright up on the, uh, the, the top of the station wagon on the van? No. Did you, uh, were there any Chris, so. were there any Christy Brinkley sightings for you, Clark Griswold? That would have made the trip amazing. <laughs> that would have that we we can do that. Now that would be worth a trip. But uh um spending time stuck with the kids all day in the car. Luckily they had those old uh, tape machines that they watched the entire time and Holiday Road. See, Nemchuk's doing homework. Yeah. He's still doing homework, so uh, I'd love to hear Holiday Road right now. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but it was, but it was you know, once we got there, it was great. Uh, I think the kids went to Disney World, and uh, and, I, and I went to the golf course, so it was beautiful. <laughs> and then uh, came back. Our, our trip back was, was great. Let me ask you this one. So early in your career, okay, not during these championship years because you know you're in Chicago and stuff. But say early, when you did you come back to Sacramento and did you like maybe go shoot at the park, you know, or you know any two on two or three on three pickup games at the park on the asphalt? Were you one of those guys? Uh, at the park. Yeah, and the, the reason why, reason why I ask because someone that you and I know, I remember d- going uh, to Reichmuth Park uh, in South Sacramento, and in a, a, an NBA player who was during his off season, he would be over there shooting, and, and we would play two on two and some three on three games. And, we're, I'm ta- and I'm talking about our good friend James Donaldson. I was okay. just wondering if that was ever you, if you ever did that. Like, hey, I'm a, you know, I want to go get a run in today, or I want to go, you know, put up some shots, and I can't get in the, you know, Elk Grove uh, High School gym or whatever, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take it to a park. Okay, uh, no, that is preposterous. But people no do it. I people care. did it back in the day, and, I, and they probably still do. People do a lot of things. That don't make sense like that. <laughs> um, you're, you're an NBA player and you can't get in a gym. <laughs> okay. Well, not everybody has their high school gym named after them. 
Well, let me tell you something. If you can't get in the gym a second, well, call me up. I'll get you in the Oak Grove gym. I can promise you that. <laughs> so you don't have to play in the park anymore. Uh, you're an NBA. I got an NBA player. I can't get in the, I can't get in the gym. Well, that's that's insane. See, you're showing your bouginess again. And, and that's why I prefaced it by saying early in your career. You know, when you were like 21, 22, 23 years old, you were coming back home to visit the folks, you know? Hey. Well, I got news for you. When I was in high school, I never played outside in the park. Oh, yeah, too bougie. I played in the gym. Wow. Bougie Bill. That bougie Bill, a <laughs> common sense Bill. I, I, have to play, I don't have to play in the park. I got the gym. It's right there. He was already dollar bill at that point in time. Cashing big checks. Okay. Not even not even dollar. It was more quarter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, brother. Here we go. Um, Nunchuck's done with his homework. The breaking news. 1991. After the Bulls won that championship in 90, you guys played the Philadelphia 76ers. Do you remember what happened? <laughs> I know what he's going to say here. Jesus. Come on, take a guess. Here we go. A ring night. If this is your first ring night, right? Is it Cartwright's first ring night? 1991, right? The 90-91 Bulls. That was your first championship, correct? Uh, yes, 90-91. Okay, yes. there it is. So now you're opening the 91-92 season. You're opening against the Sixers. Did you win or did you lose? It's a 50% question here. Uh, okay, well, Do you remember the I, game? I remember anything about it? Anything. I would, do I remember anything about it? Yes. No, absolutely not. Zero. But I'll, I'll Do you remember if you were home or away? Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Okay, you got 50 Let's say home. Who knows? Uh, yeah, got- let's, say, yeah, let's, say, yeah, let's say the Bulls win. How about that? The Bulls win 110 to 90. And now, now to, to add more to it, what did the big seven footer do? On that night, how many points did you score? I, I I do not know. That was that was that was not my role though in those days. It wasn't. Your go role. ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't even read your yeah. Uh, four points, one block, and six rebounds. You were only two. Yeah. You were two for, two for seven from the floor in twenty five minutes. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> what's up with that? It's the first game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was trying to tell you. Yeah. Uh, First game of the year, you got a ring ceremony. That is, it's not even a game. All right. We go to the following year, and you open up against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Bulls win 101-96. Look at that. Were you going against Brad Doherty? Was that, were you guarding Brad Doherty that night? Uh, Brad Doherty's there. I was guarding him. Yeah, I don't know. 92. Was Brad, was, was Brad there? Does that make sense to you? That's about the time frame. Sure. That's about the time frame. Yeah. yeah. Sherry's right here. She says yes. Okay. There it is. Uh, Sherry probably remembers. Sherry was there. How many points did Bill get on uh, that uh, October night in 1992? <laughs> okay. Uh, six. He got 13. Oh, my gosh. 13 points, six rebounds. Yeah. 28 minutes of play. There you go. All right, and then we go to the next year of the back-to-back-to-back, the three-peat. You open up against the Charlotte Hornets. Remember that game? Come on, Charlotte. Yeah, everybody does. 
This was all, hey, this was a barn burner. Hey, this is your word, barn burner. Remember the Cartwright trivia? Well, this is what he would say. It's a barn burner. 124 to 123, Bulls win. In overtime. In overtime. In overtime. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There it is, man. 33, 33 minutes for you. Nine points. Six, uh, six blocks, four rebounds. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's something. That's something I'll, I'll never forget. Look at the Bulls won their first four ring night games. They went in 96, you beat Boston 107 98. And then the 97 team, they lost, 98 team lost. That's because you were gone then. See, there you go. Look at that. That's impressive. So you talk about ring nights, not that important. You guys won four, your first four. Yeah, and you only get that information on the TC Martin show. Numchuck oh producer. And statistician oh and homework observer sitting in the second to last row in the back of the classroom. Hat stealer extraordinaire. That's right. Hat stealer at the problem. I, I, I got to give you credit. I can promise you nobody else has that data. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure somebody does. You know, maybe even some, some former teammates. I don't know. You know. Who knows? Former teammates, family. There it is. All right, man. So what's going to happen tonight? What, what do you expect to see? We've got a lot of teams uh, that are different now. We've got different uniforms going on with, you know, Chris Paul's wearing a Warriors uniform now. Bradley Beal is now joined the, what, the Kevin Durant club over in Phoenix. we got two games tonight, man. What do you expect to see in Denver uh, coming back? Is, is Denver a repeat uh, contender, you think? Yes, okay. I like I like Denver. I like them last year. I like their balance. I like the fact that they're uh, um, five guys uh, uh, in double figures. They're really balanced. Their 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 coach is uh, a pretty normal guy. But, uh, uh, Mike Malone, he's pretty balanced. He's got some Kings ties, some Sacramento ties. Former Kings coach, he, he got he got yeah, he got yeah. job. He, sh- he should have s- still been there. Yeah, I actually knew Mike Malone when he was a kid. His dad, Brendan Malone, who just recently passed, yeah. um, uh, was was one of my coaches when I was in uh, in New York. Great guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, just a solid basketball family. So I. I'm sure those guys are looking to uh, to repeat, and there's no reason why not. Those guys are they're, they're good, they're sharing, uh, and they play really hard. So uh, yeah, I like them. LeBron, I like them as well as anybody else. LeBron James, the oldest player in the league right now. How much do you think he has left, and what are the Lakers going to look like? Uh, that's going to be a good question, and yeah, the Lakers they're. <laughs> Their team rests on the fact of, of their uh, of their bench. How much? Uh, how many minutes are they going to have to play their their two best players? Uh, same thing. Actually, very similar to the Warriors. Uh, to see if uh, if these guys have a bench. To see these guys can play, you know, um, maybe closer to 70 games instead of 60. So they got some stability going into the end of the year. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. 
Warriors playing the Suns tonight. And when you look at this Warrior team, we think of Steph Curry, obviously, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, but Draymond Green out with an ankle injury. How much is, is that going to hurt the Warriors uh, playing without Draymond Green? Or does that maybe, um, I don't know, I hate to say this, but, you know, is that maybe a, a good thing? Consider that, you know, uh, what Draymond Green brings to the table, you know, sometimes with, with the anti-stuff. Well, Jim and Green, for the most part, brings really good energy. It's just that what people don't like is the, the odd things that happens to this guy that brings great energy. He's a team guy, and then he does odd things. So, uh, but you know, you, you, you can view him as a positive. Uh, he's he's, he's going to add to your team. Um, he definitely plays well off of, off of every player. And give you give you an extra possession, so um, you know they're, they're going to miss him a little bit. But like I said, you know the big part of that team, um, and every team in the league is going to be, you know, what I call them second group, second group of starters. How well are they going to play? How well are they going to play together? How many minutes are they going to get? Can they keep the lead or extend the lead uh, when your starters are out? Um, if, if if that happens with uh, with Golden State this year, if that happens with the Lakers, I think it'd be terrific. This this you know this year is really strange. I think because uh, there is no clear team that we can say this team is going to be this team's the number one team. I mean, you could say you could talk about Milwaukee a little bit, but we don't know. Uh, and the East Coast outside of Milwaukee, we don't know about any team that can win the championship. Um, the only thing that we know is that Denver won a championship and they should be the uh, uh, team to beat this year. I don't care what they're talking about at Phoenix. Uh, they haven't done anything. So... We should actually be really happy because I remember years ago we were complaining about there's only uh, uh, two or three teams out there that are going to win. Now we have we are clueless to win. No, uh, you're right. So there is no clear cut favorite. There, there's not, and, no. that, that, and that is good. And you go back to last year, Miami in the finals, Denver and Miami. I mean, sure, okay, you know, Denver is, is going to be good. They're going to improve, but are they really a championship team? No, that's why they were still a long shot at the sports books. In Miami, no one really pegged Miami to be there, as we know. So, yeah, no. we're, we're seeing the parody. And again, man, we, we have not had what a repeat champion for quite some time. We, well, the last five years, we've had five different champions. And you're right, because remember all that time, oh, Warriors going to win it again? Or when LeBron was with Cleveland or Miami, it was... It was that talk all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we were sick of it. And now we have to worry about it because we're clueless. We don't know who's, we don't know who's going to win. We don't even know who's going to play, let alone win. No. So it's, it's, it's going to be a fun year. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping we get some surprises. Um, I think this year is going to be fun because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in Memphis. Um, we don't know what's going to happen in Dallas. I think San Antonio picking up a 7-4 kid is going to be really fun and a lot of enthusiasm for the, for the entire city. 
uh, even though everybody has a state French now, but uh, I guess that's the big two of the beast. So it's, it's going to be a different year. Um, and, and you got to look forward to it. We're going to have to get together and do a scouting report and figure out who's, uh, who's going to be the top, top four teams in the East and the West. Okay, let's do it. I think we need to do that over over some chicken wings and some some steak and that sort of thing. That's what needs to happen. And some cigars, don't you think? Well, yeah, if we can finish it off with cigars, obviously we can't get you any fish on your soup because uh, it's, not, it's not right. You'll try to kill the poor guy. <laughs> That's why I go to my spots. I go to my spots where I can guarantee it's going to be good. You just need... You didn't need to come to Vegas. It's you're long overdue for a trip to Vegas. So there you go. Yeah, if, if if you need me to, you know, get you the hall pass. I mean, I'll talk to Sherry right now if if that's what you need. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, I just got my I got my projects work done. But I bet she's probably anxious to get rid of me right now. So yeah, there you go. All right, there he is. That is Bill Cartwright, aka Clark Griswold. There it is. He's got the old van and the station wagon loaded up, and he's going cross-country. I've never seen a guy that likes driving cross-country as much as this guy. Unbelievable. You know? I, don't know, I, I think if, uh, if, it was, if it was humanly possible, you'd drive to Japan instead of flying. But yet he can't drive here. Yeah, exactly. He actually has driven here before. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah, twice. German, German to Vegas twice. All right. Good happen. We'll let you go. Hey, go ahead and uh, make sure you put your glasses back on so you can look over to your left. You might see Christy Brinkley. There we go. Now now, now I'm happy. <laughs> Take care, brother. Enjoy the, enjoy the games tonight. We'll talk to you soon. There it is, the big seven-footer. Rolling up down the highway. Chuck Esposito next. T.C. Martin Show. There's only one thing we know for sure. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. The Dr. T.C. Martin. It was a most ripping victory by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. The doctor is now in. All right, continuing on on this Tuesday. A little post-parade celebration. Again, if you want to go back, hear those clips, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Talking more NFL as we wind down the show here today. We go out to Red Rock. Our good friend Chuck Esposito, man in the front there, and another wild weekend of betting action there on the NFL side, the college football side, and Major League Baseball. We have got ourselves a Game 7 tonight between the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. Chuck Esposito joins us now at the Red Rock Hotel and Casino Sportsbook. What's going on, brother? All good, T. It's uh, great to be on with you. First, you know, congratulations um, to Aces Nation. I mean, to, to you, the, the team, the organization. I mean, from a fan's perspective, it's just awesome. Uh, just exciting basketball, fun to watch them play, just the enthusiasm, and even what they brought to our side, uh, kind of a, a new education and so many people betting on the event and props that we're putting up. Uh, just kudos to the Aces again. That's just awesome that they're uh, two-time WNBA champs. 
So, Chuck, I haven't got a chance to talk with you uh, since the the championship, uh, the, the game four and everything. What was it like there in the sports book? Because, you know, we know that it was a, a weekday game. You had that, that, uh, that five o'clock start. And we know that the Liberty were a favorite in that game four. And there are a lot of people that didn't have the belief that the Aces could pull this thing off because of the injuries. Talk about the betting action in games three and four. And then I want to hear about the atmosphere in the book. First, the, the betting action, T. I think with the injuries, you know, and uh, the uncertainty early when the number went up on Chelsea Gray and then uh, getting word that she wouldn't be in the lineup, that you, you saw that number kind of jump. Um, from in the kind of two and a half to four range to six and a half. Um, so there was a lot of backing, I think, more so on the Liberty, um, for that game four just because of the injury situation, thinking that, you know, maybe the Vegas tries to get uh, the girls healthy and, and comes back for a game five. But there wasn't that much in the world of sports going on that night. So he had a big screen, you know, dedicated, I think it was to a baseball playoff game and to the Aces. But I can tell you that the crowd was, was pretty fired up and energetic about it, just watching kind of the swings in that game and having us get behind a little bit and make that big run at the end of the game. Um, I was home. I'd gotten home for the, the last quarter and, uh, you know, watched it with, with my son and was, uh, you know, it was, it was so exciting to kind of watch the end of that game. But just, a, again, a great season. Uh, you know, also Becky Hammond, the job that she did there, and just uh, uh, it's great basketball. I mean, it really is fun to watch, and they're, they're so talented, and it's uh, such a great product that it was uh, really cool to say that they're two-time defending champs. Chuck, let's talk about the evolution. I talk about a lot as far as the league itself goes, and then here in Las Vegas, but from a sports book perspective, not only taking action, but what you just described, that you had people standing up and cheering. They were betting on it, but they were just watching it. Maybe they didn't even have a ticket on it. They're still watching this. You go back, I mean, before the Aces got to to Las Vegas prior to 2018, you would never see that. And I think for the most part, and again, this isn't a sexist thing at all, but it's just, it's just the fact you don't see many women's sports that are broadcast, like say on a, on the middle screen or the big screen or a lot of focus, you know, maybe, you know, the NCAA, you know, final four or the championship game, you know, in, in, um, in the first week in, in of April there, you, you may see that, but there isn't that connectivity, you know, with a, a, a fan base. Talk about how you've seen that connectivity with Vegas fans and sports fans and sports betters in the casino, in the book there, where they're now anxious and, and want to cheer this, up, cheer this team on because it has to be totally different than it's ever been before from that perspective, right? It, it is, T, but I think when you, when you look at, like, you know, the Women's World Cup or, you know, the uh, Women's Championship at Wimbledon, it's no different. I mean, it's extremely talented athletes, regardless male or female sports. And, you know, the, the crowd, the atmosphere, the backing, the, um, the right, there's such a correlation with number one, being able to watch any sport and being, and being able to bet on that sport. But taking it further, I know we've talked about it many times on your show. It's the, you know, the, the local bias. If it's, you know, we've seen what a difference in, in kind of atmosphere and fan base and betting if it's the Raiders. I mean, think about the Knights. I mean, not that there wasn't hockey fans in Vegas, but it has just transformed this town 
to a crazy hockey town. And I didn't know if, you know, hockey in the desert would work. We didn't know that the Knights would be as successful as they are. And to somewhat, we're spoiled. Um, you know, to, you know, you want to, you, you want a, a cup within a, a very short period of time. Be a fan of a team that you've been waiting 20 or 30 or 40 years for or more. And they'll tell you, you guys are spoiled. And then having the Aces here for a short time and winning two championships. I think there's just such a bias with that, that it becomes that, you know, part of what our being is that, hey, we want our teams to do well. Um, you can watch them. You can wager on them. You can be a fan of them. And um, when they're playing well, it just adds, I think, to the overall kind of atmosphere, atmosphere, aura, excitement, and betting handle. Um, when those teams are relevant, I'm even going to take it a step further, T. And it's UNLV football now yeah. that you know they're 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 playing so well um, that we're seeing you know crazy handle on them. They're bowl eligible. Already seen their number drop, you know, two points this week in the game against Fresno. Although outside of the Michigan game, by far their toughest game, they had covered every game this year except last week against Colorado State. So I think it just shows you the power of sports out here and the fan base. It's hard to believe, but Vegas is really sports central. And, you know, it's fun that the Aces are part of that. And to that point, Chuck, you are a Chicago guy. Okay? You're a native, grew up there, and you live and breathe. Uh, you know, with the, the, whether it's the Cubs, the White Sox, the Bears, the Bulls, all that stuff. And of course, the Bulls had all kinds of, um, you know, success there, but the other teams really didn't for the most part. And I know you still have buddies and stuff back there. And how much, I don't want to say grief do you get or ribbing from, say, your buddies back in Chicago that think that you're spoiled now? You just said it. We're spoiled. And they're like, oh, look at that Esposito. He moves out to Vegas, and, and now he's got all these championships and all this stuff. I mean, come on. They're probably calling you Bougie Chuck right now, right? Uh, they called me that before that anyway. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but, but no, it, it's the truth. And I don't mean to have it come out wrong, but – you know, I, I think we are spoiled when you've got pro teams here that have had so much success. And I know that, you know, Aces moved from another city, um, that the, the Knights were our own, uh, the Raiders have moved from another city. So some of those teams had fan bases beforehand. But to see the success that um, has kind of transpired out here and seeing people walk around, if it's an Aces, you know, hoodie or a Knights hoodie or a Raiders, um, it's it's fun. And when they're winning, it just adds to that. And, uh, you know, I, I just think we are. And again, I don't mean this to come out wrong, but we're a little spoiled that our teams have had so much success in a, in a short tenure, um, being, you know, Vegas proud. And, and, uh, you're right though. People say, you know, it's hard to believe you guys already won a Stanley cup. And, you know, we're the first team now, um, that has, has, uh, started the following season with six straight wins to be six and oh, which is hard to believe. Um, you know, no Stanley Cup hangover right now came out of the gate and are playing great hockey and, um, aces were down. You know, Candace Parker got hurt. They had some other injuries, you know, going into that, that, and it's just, I think it's just the power of our kind of fan base out here and excitement that all of our professional leagues have, have, uh, kind of, you know, gained over the last several years. And it's, uh, it's fun to, to live out here and, and see the growth in sports across the board. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock. All right, Chuck, let's uh, talk of opening night. Uh, the NBA season is here. Uh, just right on the heels of the WNBA championship, like you mentioned with the Aces. You got two games tonight, the defending champions, the uh, Denver Nuggets taking on the Lakers and Phoenix and Golden State. 
What kind of handle and action are you seeing on these games? You know, T, it's the NBA. Um, there's the, the frozen frenzy going on today with yeah. every hockey team on the board playing every 15 minutes. You've got a baseball playoff game, uh, but you've got marketable NBA games. I mean, you think about the power out west, Lakers, Nuggets, Suns, Warriors. Um, great early handle on it right now. Uh, there's a lot more parity in the NBA than we've seen before. Um, the deal for, for uh, you know, Lillard going to Milwaukee, all the hype around the Spurs uh, with Wamanyama there. Um, so it's great to have NBA starting, too. We're in a stretch now where this is like one of our busiest stretches where it's pro football, college football, baseball postseason, hockey, NBA, and then college hoops getting ready to start. Formula One's right around the corner. We just finished a NASCAR race. WNBA just finished. So, hey, if you're a sports fan out here, now's the time because this is an exciting, I think, next kind of 45 to 60 days of just the craziness on our side of the counter. And, you know, going back to what you said about the frozen frenzy where all the NHL teams are involved and you're playing every 15 minutes to a half hour, uh, I'm kind of surprised that, I don't know, it took this long to, to come up with this idea. It's pretty ingenious when you, when you think about it and it does bring attention to this league. And maybe you might not have that many hockey fans that, uh, you know, really are maybe into hockey, but it's going to draw attention to others that may be casual. Like, hey, this is kind of cool. I'm going to go check this out now. But what about from a betting perspective here where you've got all these games going up because it is totally unusual because the brain always says, okay, you know, 405 start, maybe a rare 435 start. And I'm talking about Pacific time zones, right? And then we get to the five o'clock or the 505. Then we got to wait till seven or 730. This is all off the board. I mean, when was the last time you had a 345 start, a 415 I, I start? It, you know, it's great, isn't it? I, you know, yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I'm I'm a big proponent too. I know we've talked about it. Of I love the football games and you know that are overseas. I love that you know we have the double headers sometimes on Monday Night Football. But I think that goes back to even what what we talked about with um with the Aces. I think you know having those some of those games on those Sunday afternoons almost took took away from it a little bit. I mean, it's it's a it's such a tremendous product, and there's so much talent in the league. God. To have some of those games on nights that they weren't maybe going up against pro football, I think you would have been able to even showcase the sport even more. Um, but, uh, hey, I, I love what all these things are going on. I love the different start times and kind of different promotions and things that they do. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm a hockey nut job, so happy to, to watch all the different games tonight starting at different times. But uh, uh, always a lot of fun. And, again, you know, so happy and excited that the Aces, you know, finished off the, the Liberty and our two-time defending champs. And uh, looking forward to see what they can do, uh, you know, three times. Three, Pete. All right, Chuck, let's talk about NFL Week 7. What was your biggest takeaways from the weekend? I, I guess, T, it's a, all these teams that had one win now have two wins. And it was, uh, you know, a, a, a limited schedule. You had a number of teams that were sitting on a, a bye this week. I think it was uh, six teams. Um, when you think about how exciting, you know, having the Bears win a game, having, you know, the Broncos win a game, having so many of the teams that um, the, the Giants win a game that were sitting on one win that now have two. And I think it's the parity in the league. The week before, you saw the Eagles and, and um, uh, 49ers lose. You saw the 49ers lose again last night. It seems like whatever that kind of Vogue team is, the Lions, who had been red hot, um, you know, I think nine and one in their last ten games against the number prior.
prior to the loss against the Ravens got dominated. I just think there's a lot more parity in the league, although early on it didn't look that way. Um, a lot more parity, and you know the two teams that played in the Super Bowl earlier this year look to be on a collision course again because the Eagles and Chiefs look to be the two best teams in the league. Although still very early, not at the midway point now, that's kind of my takeaway now. A lot more parity over the last few weeks, and the two top teams look to be the two top teams once again. Chuck, have you got your Tyson Bajent jersey uh, delivered to you yet? <laughs> uh, no, I, I haven't yet. But uh, it's uh, hey, you know, he went to D two. He went to Shepherd. He won the uh, equivalent of the Heisman Trophy. He at the in the D two level, he set. Um, almost every NCAA passing record, and uh, he's got a chance to kind of showcase what he can do on Sunday night football against the Chargers, whose defense isn't great. Granted, he didn't complete any balls above uh, more than 20 yards, but he didn't turn the ball over at all either. Um, they had a really good performance against the Raider team that came off back-to-back wins. I thought the Raiders did not play well in that game. Um, and, uh, hey, you're a young kid playing at a different speed level in the NFL, and he was able to get a win in his first start. But uh, kind of a different animal to be playing on Sunday night football. Although my guess is there's probably going to be more blue and orange in that, in that stadium than, uh, than blue and gold. Oh, man. I mean, we definitely saw it with the black and gold here in Allegiant Stadium with the Steelers, but it was crazy there at SoFi against the Rams last week. I mean, you're right. You know, Steelers, yeah, it's Bears, gonna be, yeah. Yeah, I really think that that's such a, you know, for the Chargers is that they really take a backseat to the Rams, and you've, you've seen that, you know, week after week when they have a home game. It's not truly a home game, which really, I think, hurts them that when you've got the, you know, the opposing crowd in your own building, and, and I bet you there is going to be a, a huge contingent of, uh, of Bear fans uh, in SoFi come Sunday night. All right, final thing here. Uh, we got a game seven tonight in the NLCS with a c- couple of, uh, number four starters playing the most important game of the year. We see Philly a dollar seventy favorite, but just like with the Rangers, man, I mean, you, you win game six, you got that mojo. We see it so many times where the game six winner is also the game seven winner, uh, as an underdog. Uh, what do you think happens tonight? You know, I'm not sure, T. I mean, he, he, he. We've seen some Philly money um, come in. Uh, you talk about the D-backs that were as high as ninety to one um, to be to win the World Series, to be in this position in the American League. You know, it was all road road games in the ALCS. You've got a Ranger team that's undefeated on the road in the postseason. They were the worst road team of the team of baseball teams in the playoffs. Um, but this Philly team just seems to be a juggernaut and that, that the home games for them, they're just so good. And that crowd behind them, not saying that Arizona can't win tonight, but there is a lot of Philadelphia love out there. And, uh, my guess is we're going to be D back fans when they throw the first pitch, um, in a little over an hour. You got it. All right. Get over to Red Rock or any of the station casino properties. Great place to not only wager on the games, but to watch the games as well. Use the STN mobile app. One of my favorites and so easy to use. And, uh, go by and say hello to Chuck Esposito and the crew over there at Red Rock as well. Yeah. There you go. Come on by again. Congratulations to the Aces. One last thing. We've got all the Power Slap. Power Slap 5 is tomorrow night. We've got all those events up as well. So I heard that. A lot of, lot of, lot of cool stuff will be showing that event throughout the casino as well. So check it all out. All the odds, of course, are on STN Sports.
No truth uh, to the word that uh, symbol and you are squaring off in, in a station casino power slap, correct? Uh, no, no truth to that rumor at all. What would the line be on that, Chuck? I mean, you'd have to make the line yourself, you know? Uh, I have no idea. I, I have no idea. You know, I don't even the, the just the thought of that. I mean, just the you know the red marks on on you guys' face. I I can't watch it, Chuck. Can't do it. Uh, this, this is going about as south as the as the as the the thinner thick crust pizza discussion. Oh I mean, no, no, not hey, we, remember, Chuck. Food, food is the almighty. That's the most important I thing. Know. Come on now. Jeez. We'll let you go. I, hear you, buddy. I appreciate I you, you, brother. Buddy. I appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds great, T. Take care. Thank you. My guy, Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock, does a fantastic job. Him, Jason McCormick, Jason Symbol, everybody over at Leah, my girl Leah. Love her too. Everybody over at Station Casinos. All right. Woo. All right. I can officially say that. There's not going to be a lot of substitutions for me for the show because the WNBC is over. The road trips are done. The championships are over. We celebrated the parade yesterday. Uh, great job with you, Chuck, yesterday, too, of doing the, the makeshift show yesterday. I think we pulled that off fantastically. You did yeah. a great job. Awesome. And uh, since I will not be attending the World Series for the, the first time in three years, I'm here. You might still go. Don't lie. No, I'm not going. No, no. I, I canceled my flights, my hotels today, did all that stuff. So, yeah, we are here. We are here. It's football season. It is hockey season. It'll be good to uh, to stay home for a while. And uh, even though I appreciate all my compadres who have filled in for me for the majority of the last you know six months or so, really uh, appreciate guys like Chris Wynn and Brian Feldman, Jose Volante, and Marco D'Angelo and... Ken Thompson and those guys. Speaking of KT, uh, tune in tonight. I'll be on with him for majority of his show uh, starting uh, tonight at uh, at six o'clock. So between six and eight to down the dial. So uh, Sports X Radio with KT. All right. Uh, I want to thank Chuck Esposito, Bill Cartwright for joining us today, as well as Mike Tice. Terrible Tuesday takes. You always, I love that and hearing from our loyal listeners at tcmartinshow.com or at tcmartin21 on Twitter or X or call it what you want. All right. Great stuff with the parade. Miss any part of the show? Go to the website, check it all out, tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a good one. It's time to go eat, baby. Hey, hey.